Welcome to Hustle and Faith. This podcast is dedicated to helping you find your trail to a happier, healthier you by discussing topics regarding Christianity, health and wellness, beauty, and so much more. I'm your host, Tasha Johnson. This is episode 114, Meaningless Gestures, Confederate Statues, and Karens. So I just came back from an amazing 20-mile bike ride. And this is typically how I spend my Saturday mornings, but today is different because many people are celebrating Independence Day. Now, don't get me wrong. I love having an extra day off from work, which again, we got off on Friday. But again, you know, I love having that extra day off and spending time with my family, going to barbecues. But for the majority of Black people, July 4th is a day that has often been a source of side eyes and whatever shrugs. In fact, you may even see an increase in people wearing the July 4th to deny shirts. Again, July 4th to deny. Why? Because if we really want to get technical, Juneteenth should actually be a much bigger celebration because on June 19th, 1865, is when the slaves in Galveston, Texas were freed. That's when everyone was supposedly free, okay? And in fact, you may see some shirts that see (laughs) free-ish. Again, and that's because of all the issues that we've been having lately, right? Um, Not lately, forever. But anyway, please don't get it twisted. Just because many Black people don't share the same zeal For this day doesn't mean that we don't support those in the military, especially when a large population of the military is comprised of minorities. Despite the fact that the media only seems to show photos of the white ones, we do exist and we are in the military as well. It's just that with everything going on in our world today, it seems like this holiday is becoming more and more cynical. If anything, the tradition for most Black people I know on the 4th of July, is to listen to this video of James Earl Jones reading The Meaning of July 4th for the Negro by Frederick Douglass. And so please be sure to check out my website because I'm going to have a lot of articles that I'm referencing throughout this episode on the actual website, okay? So please check out that video because it will demonstrate why he felt this way and why many other black people feel this way as well. It's really sad how much of this speech still rings true today. And so I was actually going to go a lot further on my bike ride than I did today, but I cut it short because I just had way too many things to say about the stories and things that I've seen this week. And I just needed to get this episode out of my head. (laughs) So let's go ahead and jump in. I saw a tweet on Twitter from a comedian, Kevin Stage, who, by the way, is hilarious. Please check out his, (laughs) his brand of comedy is just hilarious. But anyway, I saw a tweet by him stating that the real estate industry is changing the word master bedroom. Now, one of the main reasons they're changing this word is due to the fact that on a plantation, you would have a master of that domain who would then exercise control or dominance over enslaved or indentured servants. So the Houston Association of Realtors decided to change the name from master room to primary room. 
again, basically due to the slavery connotations of that word. Now, <laughs> I belong to quite a few Black business groups, and uh, many of us felt the same way. This is yet another stall tactic to keep white people from addressing the real issue at hand. Black people have been pretty upfront about what we want for a while now. It would be great if the police would stop killing black people and then put an end to systemic racism once and for all. Be sure to check out episode 110, Where Do We Go From Here, regarding more details and how we could go about accomplishing this feat. So, seeing that we've been battling these issues for well over 400 years and they still haven't been resolved, I'm thinking we start there first. And if we have time left over, then we can clean up the English language, okay? So many people <laughs> in my Black business groups were all saying the same thing. Enough with the stall tactics already. Meaningless gestures like this don't do anything to impact the community. In fact, if the real estate industry really had a desire to make sustainable lasting change, then why not create programs to help Black people own homes instead of continuing oppressive acts of redlining and doing something about the harmful effects of gentrification to Black and Latino areas. And I dig into the effects of gentrification in an episode called Random Thoughts Thursday, Homelessness and Gentrification. So check that out as well. So please be, weird, please be aware <laughs> that many of the so-called laws that have been enacted to supposedly help Black people have always consisted of some sort of loophole that once again benefits white people. That's a heck of a head start. White people have been able to build equity while we've been fighting for equality. Owning your own home is one of the easiest ways for an American family to build wealth. Why wouldn't you start there? I know why. Because if you can get black people to buy into the illusion that you want to help just a little while longer, you have the ability to change the rules of the game, move the goalposts even further to keep us from even having a fighting chance to win the game. Laws on paper don't mean a thing if there's no one who wants to enforce them. Clearly, racist in chief Trump has made it abundantly clear that he has no intention of helping black people. When racist in chief Trump isn't busy retweeting white supremacists, he's busy continuing his agenda to further oppress blacks. He's now threatening to eliminate the 2015 initiative known as Affirmatively Furthering Fair Housing, which requires localities to identify and address patterns of racial segregation outlawed under the Fair Housing Act of 1968 by cr creating detailed corrective plans. Trump literally said, at the request of many great Americans who live in the suburbs and others, I'm studying the AFFHA housing regulation that is having a devastating um, impact on these once thriving suburban areas. He wrote adding, not fair to homeowners, I may end. What this is really code for is I'm going to do what I can to make sure blacks and Latinos are not able to move into the suburbs. And here's the thing. We all know that these laws never really worked in the first place, but knowing that they existed gave you some sort of comfort in knowing that there was a law that you could reference in case you needed to. Now, if Black and Latinos were having a hard time obtaining homeownership with laws, 
such as the one such as these or even the 1977 Community Reinvestment Act, it's going to be near impossible to get one now. The home ownership gap will continue to widen. According to the U.S. Census, during the first quarter of 2020, 44% of Black families owned their home compared to 73.7% of white families. What's even more disturbing is that in 2016, at $171,000 is the net worth of a typical white family which is nearly 10 times greater than that of a black family, $17,150. That's it. Again, as black people continue to fight for equality, white people will continue building wealth. Now, I can personally attest that the housing discrimination is very real. My parents dreamed of having their own home. They also lost count (laughs) regarding how many times they were denied for a home loan. When they finally got approved, we ended up moving out to Villa Park and we stayed there for 11 years. Now, back in 2002, yeah, 2002, yeah, my mom was being aggressively approached by lenders trying to force her to refinance their home. And my mom's background is in finance. So, of course, she knew that refinancing under their terms would be in their best interest and not my parents'. So my parents refused to refinance at the higher rates that they, that the mortgage company was trying to force on them. However, what the media fails to mention is that many mortgage companies got clever. They literally stopped accepting mortgage payments from blacks and Latinos in order to force them into foreclosure. Yes, I know that sounds unbelievable, especially if you're white listening to this. Well, how dare they do that? Yeah, it happened. It's not made up. It definitely happened. It happened to my family. And it's very frustrating because the media never talks about this part of the mortgage crisis. I know, again, this sounds crazy, but it is true. By the way, while this was all happening to my family, um, my dad was diagnosed with colon cancer around this time. And I did not know this until much later, but When all of this was happening, they had only given him six weeks to live. And my mom kept this a secret from all of us, including my dad. I I mean, she's amazing. I don't know how she managed to do that, but um, she was always around when the doctors were around and, and she would never let them finish what they needed to say because she didn't want my dad to kind of give up. So anyway, um... Imagine my mom literally battling a mortgage company, taking care of my dad, my sister, and myself. And... You know, I did my best. I helped out as much as I could in taking care of my dad whenever I wasn't working. Um, So during this time, what was I, like a junior in college? But I was already working full time. So I was always working full time and I went to college at night. My schedule was literally 8 to 4.30. And then I attended class from 5.45 to 9 p.m. This was my schedule four days a week for all four years of college. And I didn't find out until that my mom was battling all of this alone by herself until my dad passed away, which was two years later at the age of 43, which was also the same year I graduated from college. That's when I found out 
all of this was what my mom was doing. Um, so anyway, we had all the evidence we needed to prove our case that the mortgage company was trying to intimidate us and all this, you know, we had all the paperwork, but when we went to the media, apparently they started getting a little too deep in their investigation and literally told us due to the officials that were involved that they couldn't continue their investigation. <laughs> so, um, how crazy is that? You know what I'm saying? Like you're going, you, you actually have evidence about criminal activity and that's supposed to be the job of the reporters. You, you pretty much go to them with it wrapped up in a bow and they tell you, oh, we can't look into it because, you know, it's involving so-and-so. <sighs> so anyway, um, my mom was forced into foreclosure because she was too business savvy to know that refinancing on the bank's terms was not in her best interest. They stopped accepting her payments. And so if they're not accepting your payments, what do you do? You can't force the bank to accept your payment, especially when they want to take the house from you. <laughs> um, so anyway, we take comfort in knowing the fact that my mom's persistence and resistance resulted in many of the judges involved in her case magically retiring or they resigned. And so I said all that to say this, I can only imagine what's going to happen if that idiot Trump gets his way and the affirmatively furthering Fair Housing Act is eliminated. And what drives me crazy is that while this country is basically going to hell in a handbasket, while the racist in chief, along with his evil minions, are more worried about protecting the Confederate statues than the rights of Blacks and Latinos to live in peace. I'm so tired of hearing racist people say, they're trying to erase our heritage. <laughs> Again, those statues never should have been built in the first place. Like, why would you want to have a statue dedicated to people who fought to keep slaves? Like, I know that common sense isn't all that common anymore, but this is just crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, this seems like an obvious one, right? Do you realize what a slap in the face it is to drive past these statues, drive on roads, or attend schools that bear the name of those responsible for oppressing your ancestors? I couldn't imagine being someone in the military who has to constantly be reminded that they're fighting for a country that chose to honor their service this way. Why in the world would this be the legacy that you want to pass down to your kids? All of the Confederate statues and flags should be removed. It never ceases to amaze me, though, that the racist in chief and his evil minions forget that this wasn't even your land. It's the Native Americans. By the way, it's always amazing when you hear people who passionately defend keeping the Confederate statues and the flags, well, why don't you just leave America? And my response is, I will never leave a country that my ancestors built. If anything, why don't you leave? You stole the land from Native Americans and then enslaved Black people to do the work for you. So what exactly did you or your ancestors contribute that justifies your stay here? Now, I'm sure we all know the answer to that question. And the funny thing is that these are the very same people who end up relying on essential workers who are oftentimes Black people. And also, those Black people happen to be the lowest paid. 
As if that's not frustrating enough, they then have to put up with the Karens of the world. In case you're not sure what I mean by using the name Karen, it's also a term that Black people use to describe white women who throw temper tantrums when people call them out for their racist behavior. They just can't seem to mind their own business. They're incredibly nosy because they have no lives and insist on getting into yours. And when Black people don't go along with their nonsense, they turn on the white tears and the cops will most likely be called. <laughs> um, I laugh, but it's not funny. But it's it, it, that's literally how the situation goes down. By the way, Black folks have been calling um, people using the code like Becky and Karen as code names forever. But over the recent years, it's gotten more popular due to folks like Amy Cooper. I'm sure you guys have seen the Barbecue Becky video. Again, I have to admit, though, Karen is the name that you're most likely going to hear when describing this type of behavior. So I recently read a story about a Black family. This one just really upset me. About a Black family that literally had the cops called on them for building a patio on their own property because they didn't show their paperwork to a Karen. Imagine the audacity of these two black lawyers not showing their paperwork to a racist neighbor. I can't make this up if I tried. But what really pushed me to write this episode is because my mom shared a story with me recently that I was thinking while I was reading the story that I just told you about that could have also, also gotten out of hand as well. So my building, predominantly white, I, I think we are literally the only black people that live in this building. But anyway, because uh, I haven't seen any other black people. But so I live in a predominantly white building and uh, my building has an on-site laundry room in the basement that no one, and I'm telling you, no one can access this room without a key. So my mom's in the laundry room and this white woman was walking outside of the laundry room and my laundry room is in the basement, okay? The basement. Meaning this white woman is walking outside and you wouldn't think to look down unless you were really trying to, like maybe you drop something or whatnot. But anyway, so this woman walks by the laundry room and literally peers into the laundry room and she sees my mom in the laundry room. Like she peers into the laundry room, okay? Which again is in the basement. This meant this woman literally went out of her way to see what my mom was doing. There was no reason for her to do this whatsoever. Which again, clearly this chick was not Nancy Drew because this is a laundry room. So what my mom was doing was pretty much a no brainer. So my mom told me she just gave her a look and the lady just kept right on walking. And again, if you know my mom, She's pretty, uh, she, her looks are very, uh, persuasive. <laughs> like don't start anything and there won't be anything. Just keep going. <laughs> um, anyway, so I don't know why the Karens of the world feel entitled to get into everyone's business. No one asked you to police the world. By the way, this is just one of thousands of stories that you could read about Karens, okay? Like the one like the one I told you about uh, the black family that had the woman called the cops on them because they were building on their patio. 
Um, there's another one. And well, I, honestly, that could have turned into one, the one I just told you about um, with my mom. And then there's one today that's just nuts. This chick went nuts in Target. Okay. Uh, yeah. Again, check out the website. But Karens are dangerous sociopaths who you, who weaponize their white privilege against black people by throwing temper tantrums when they don't get their way and then threatening and calling the police, threatening and or calling the police. Most of the time, they just end up calling the police. They don't even get past. They don't even like threaten. They just call the police. Again, check out the website for some of the craziest examples of Karens that I've seen. So when you see these videos, you'll understand why it drives me absolutely insane when I hear white people say, well, if you're not a criminal, a thug, or just behave yourself and don't break the law, the police would never be called. And that's just simply not true. And the Karens, the Beckys, the Kins, the Chads of the world, they know it. And that's why they have no problems calling the cops. It's a sick game that these people like to play in an attempt to see how much control they can exercise over people that they believe are inferior to them. They know that they will most likely never suffer any consequences and or if they do, it's just a slap on the wrist. However, their sick behavior has deadly consequences for black people. On the website, please be sure to check out a list of all the things that black people have died over when the cops entered the scenes. It's absolutely heartbreaking because it ranges from dying because they were reading in their car to buying Skittles and so many other innocent activities. And what's truly sad and frustrating is that these are only a handful of stories that we know about. I can only imagine how many more are waiting to be uncovered. The frustrating thing about Karens is that if I behave this way, I would be in jail or worse. The interesting thing is that a lot of white people know this and even share their stories about crimes that they've committed and gotten away with under the Twitter hashtag, CrimingWhileWhite. That hashtag is a prime example of the double standards that exist in this country. This is because innocent until proven guilty is not what happens when the police show up and black people are involved. It's vice versa. Check out the story about the pastor that called the cops on white people that were trying to beat him up and the cops ended up arresting him. Again, cannot make this up. Insane. Again, there are numerous stories of white women lying and calling the cops on black people for no reason. There's this notion that white women are to be automatically viewed as victims. And thanks to video, everyone can see that this simply is not the case, something that many blacks and Latinos already knew. But every black person, myself included, has encountered Karens throughout their entire life. I've always been taught to fight back and will continue to call out wrong behavior. Now, even though I've been using the term Karen for this episode, mainly to introduce the phrase to those unaware of what a Karen is, I prefer to call them what they really are, white supremacists. When you give them cute little names, when you give behavior like this cute little names, like Karen or Barbecue Becky, you diminish their devious behavior. They have damaged numerous lives. Like Will Smith said, Racism never left. It's just filmed. 
The one thing that is providing some solace to Black people is the ability to share our stories on Twitter via hashtags like Black in, I- Black in the Ivory or Living While Black or Black Lives Matter or on videos that we share amongst ourselves in hopes that we can generate enough attention in order to get justice for those who were harmed. You'll read countless stories about ignorant white people going out of their way to discredit the achievements that black people work so hard to achieve. I can definitely relate to some of the stories shared in those hashtags. Like for example, if we make it into a management position, some people automatically think, oh, it's just a diversity hire and we don't have the intelligence or the skills to do the job. Now these types of comments can really play tricks on your mind if you let them linger. And the thing is that black people in the corporate world tend to work twice as hard. Black people know that there's an unwritten rule, last to get hired, first to get fired. And that's why this is the case. That's why we will always work harder. Black people can't rely on nepotism. And oftentimes we don't have the connections that many white people benefit from that allow them to get jobs without having the required knowledge or education. I know firsthand that this is the truth because I've definitely worked with managers who were a few fries short of a Happy Meal. I'm sure you could see we have a long way to go in our fight against racism. This is why we can't get bogged down with being complacent with meaningless gestures, condoning Confederate statues, and white supremacists like Karen. If we do, we're doomed to living in a world where our potential is never fully realized because we're too busy fighting to exist. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to check out the Prayer and Gratitude Journal for Men and Women of Faith that is available for sale on Amazon. If you enjoy Hustle and Faith's content, please consider becoming a supporter by donating or purchasing a Prayer and Gratitude Journal to help offset the cost of producing this show. Be sure to connect with us on Facebook and Pinterest. And remember, if you're everything to everyone, then you risk being no one. You never know who you will inspire. See you in the next episode.